writing to change behavior and change mindset or to create a new perception. And, you know, it just, it just made me realize this tremendous amount of power we had with our words and with the way we created, we use words to create, you know, experiences that could make people act one way or the other. And, you know, I think that was, that was just the bug that beat me and um, I'm still recovering from, from that. Um, that, that. That was how I got into marketing. Um, Hello everyone, this is Tracy and I am your host on the Visible at Work podcast. Subscribe to hear a weekly dose of actionable insights from me with my decade experience working with multicultural teams across Europe, the Middle East, Africa and North America. You also hear down-to-earth interviews with culturally diverse people who have succeeded to remain visible at work, irrespective of adjusting to different countries, work cultures and people. You don't want to miss this. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Visible at Work podcast. As always, I bring you special guests. This guest really has a great place in my heart because this is the person that knows me from way back. So you know when you're having a prof- you have a professional connection with somebody and then the person knows you from way, you had all those titles, you got all those degrees and stuff like that. Yeah. So you're going to be hearing from someone that knows me from way back and has also moved to a different country, working in a different country, and is going to be sharing his personal story and his professional story as well. So I'm just going to share a little bit about him. He's been working for over a decade and he has a strong expertise in brand development, strategy and management, also digital marketing and creative content creation. He's very passionate about learning uh, brand innovation and design, and also how to develop value for Africa by Africans. And he believes that there's an ever-present need for African businesses to begin to partake actively in creating value within the continent that will grow individual economies and reduce external reliance. And he has actively participated in tech, marketing, education, media in Pan-African institutions as a way that he contributes his quarters in achieving this for Africa. I would like to welcome today Fulu Adeye. And one more thing, Fulu was my classmate in uh, university. So in college, we're classmates and it's just great to connect with Fulu after so many years. Fulu, you're welcome to the Visible at Work podcast. Absolutely, it's, it's <laughs> so good to be here, man. I mean, it's almost surreal talking to you again after like how many years I, it doesn't feel so long because thanks to social media like yeah again, i see your face almost every day scrolling through my timelines you know and just um it's it's, it's great uh it's also great to see your family and your little one you know it's 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 so good and really great to connect after such a long time yes true true we have you know way back way back way back it's so so interesting to read your bio down um, and you see the beautiful thing about life where when they say do not judge a book by its cover so all of those your classmates you know anybody listening all of those your classmates that you haven't kept in touch with or you're just like ah well this person you just never know like I'm just reading the bio I'm like oh my god (laughs) and um, it's just so great to connect with you fully you are welcome 
Thank, thank, thank you for the recommendation. I'm, I'm, I'm still a work in progress, by the way. <laughs> we're still, we're still digging and you know slugging it out, trying to be the very best we can be. So, thanks, yeah. thanks for the kind words. So let's jump right in. So Folu, Folu is in a, a very interesting location. So for those of you that do not know me or you've just met me from the podcast, um, I'm originally from Nigeria. I think I've mentioned that in several episodes. So I schooled, my first degree was in the University of Lagos, Akoka, and Folu was also a classmate in Unilag. And our first degrees was both in English language and now we ended up building careers in marketing. So I really want to go back into Folu's story to find out um, why marketing, and then now we jump forward to where he is right now in uh, Mauritius. So Folu moved from uh, Nigeria to Mauritius, which is also part of Africa. But when you think of Mauritius, the first thing that comes to mind is holiday destination, vacation, and then imagine somebody moving for work. Um, he's currently based in uh, Puerto Piment, right? Uh, did I get that right? Point of Piment. Oh, Point of Piment. Okay, okay. I need to brush up my French skills. Point of Piment. Yes. So that's where he is based in Mauritius. So, Folu, how did we both end up in marketing? That's one. <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, what was the jump for you from Nigeria to Mauritius? Oh, man. Um, I, 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 I think that. If you study a lot of people who um, who, who study the humanities, um, I think we excel a lot in these kinds of fields. These fields that um, turn abstract into tangible and just get to um, engage with people on a much deeper level. Um, so all all of our practice with understanding um, um, Lord Alfred Tennyson's poems and trying to interpret the the, the Victorian era um, and try to understand what motivated people to, you know, capture those experiences that way. Um, I think this, those are, were all the skills that we needed to be effective marketers and effective brand builders. So I've, I've actually seen a lot of people who study English language just naturally told that line. Um, well, I actually didn't start off, I, did, I, I didn't start off as um, a marketing professional. I wanted to, I wanted to teach English language. And I actually taught English language for a while after, after university. Um, taught for about a year. Um, and it was, it was fun. It was enjoyable, right? Um, and then I don't know if you remember Sheyo Gunsi. Sheyo Gunsi yeah. Yeah. Um, introduced me to a gentleman called um, Fanin Acho, who was running a brand consultancy agency at the time. And who was looking for a writer. Um, but luckily, I had a I had a thriving blog at that time. Typical with most English language graduates, right? Everybody, you just have so much you want to write. Mm -hmm. And he liked my blog and said, "Hey, come write 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 about brands for me. I write about um, ideas and marketing, and not just um, literature." And that was how it started. And that was I got hooked in the worlds of branding um, through a company called Headstaff Consulting back in Lagos. Um, and it was at Head Start, you know, I got my first way swing at um, really writing persuasive copy and writing to change behavior and change mindset or to create a new perception. And, you know, it just, it just made me realize this tremendous amount of power we had with our words and with the way we created, we use words to create, you know, experiences that could make people act one way or the other. And you know, I think that was that was just the bug that beat me, and 
Um, I'm still recovering from, from that. Um, that, that. That was how I got into marketing. Um, and then I moved from but, but just consulting for brands and helping um, small businesses, you know, as well as large businesses, um, create new brands, reposition their existing brands. Um, and then I moved into actual managing brands on, you know, on, on behalf of clients. Uh, and you know, got my first marketing manager role. Um, actually, got my first assistant marketing manager role, then the marketing manager role, um, and did that for a couple of years um, until I moved into to um, education. Um, uh, right now, I, I still head marketing with with the African Leadership University here in the, in the Mauritius campus, um, and it's you know it's. It's, it's still marketing, but it's a different kind of product, uh, different different kind of um, ecosystem. But it's, it's still like as as exciting, um, and that's that was that's my journey into marketing. And since then, it's just been project after project after project. Um, one of the interesting things that um, I think our generation enjoyed is we were right at the cusp of the old technology and the new technology. Right, so we we were both on MySpace, and while all that Yahoo buzz was dying, into the new WhatsApp and Instagram and TikTok. Um, so we kind of got the best of both worlds, um, generally across in life. Um, and I think the same was was you know for most disciplines in marketing. I started off doing the you know regular newspaper ads and TVCs and, you know, like the real radio jingles and things like, like those were on, those were the only platforms we had then. But just seeing how everything has grown and transcended into this new digital, more real time and engaging uh, type of market advertising, just, it gives you a perspective that a lot of new marketers today um, might not necessarily have. And that perspective sometimes uh, makes the difference in, in the quality of your work and quality of your output. Um, and I think I, I, I really enjoyed that experience and largely it has been um, one of my key success factors in, in, in my career so far. Um, so now today I'm, I'm trying to catch up on the latest trends on TikTok, you know, I'm trying to understand what new hashtags is happening on Twitter, what my, you know, potential students are excited about. Um, and, you know, if you get on my phone, you think, you think I'm a 16 year old because I have all sorts of apps, um, you know, and, and things like that. And, okay. and you, know, you know about this too, because, you know, you never want to miss a bit. You yeah. always want to be in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just funny, like you just sharing your journey and how like moving from English and then um, writing, uh, moving into copywriting, getting into marketing, being part of transforming brands and helping people see. It's just so funny because, you know, although, yes, we were both in the same class, we both had wonderful, similar experiences with uh, the humanities and languages, um, but sharing your journey also reminded me about my journey as well, which very similar. My first job was in PR, so I was doing writing, but I was doing more of press releases, um, crisis communication, that's what I was doing. Um, so um, it just shows you how, um, like, all of these markets are so similar. And also, like what you said, how our um, generation where we get to experience both worlds, like sometimes when I'm talking about the old school style of marketing and younger people are like, 
how does she know so much about like ads and and the sizing and things like that yeah you had to like even in pr where you had to make like you buy the paper physical newspaper to check to be sure that your press release came out <laughs> you also had to send That's press clippings to the clients <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and Absolutely. now like it's so different <laughs> it is just so send different. links <laughs> send links to, to where their story is featured online <laughs> yes yes and in fact they will even judge you more on like digital links and backlinks and how everything is intertwined with seo and i've even i've left pr like from way back so i've also now moved into more of corporate communications um product marketing so more in the tech space more so um, it just shows how, so if there's anybody listening here, I, I think I need to drop this uh, Rema, this message right now. And yes. you feel that you didn't really get anything from your first degree. Maybe you just need to do some deep work. There's still something there that um, you would have gained um, that now could be an arsenal for you where you could channel that to Bring more opportunities for yourself so don't write off that first degree um don't just discount it and say oh my god i just did it just because i have to get a four-year degree um there's so much so 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 much i like just look at follow and i um we didn't turn out so badly after all <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know us <laughs> and you know a handful of, of, of our colleagues too of our, of our classmates back Yes, yes. So now let's jump to Mauritius. Um, uh, you're yeah. now in Mauritius, uh, African Leadership University. Um, I've, I've also been following up with you, seeing a lot of things that you've been doing. It's just interesting, you know, and getting into the edu tech space or even like educational institutions and with the way the world is changing now and even like marketing for schools, how people find schools, how people decide to want to be part of an institution. It's a different ballgame. It's not like, oh, my parents just want me to go to the school. Although maybe the parents might be the one paying for this, for their fees. Like the students yeah. play a big role in how they choose and how they decide their school. So what was it about moving to work in this space or was it about that made you say you know what i'm going to pack my bags and move to mauritius uh, what was that thing for you um like you said Ma mauritius when you when you hear mauritius is is it's just one of the places that i planned with my wife that hey it would be nice to visit here and just spend a few weeks and months holidaying and vacationing i never really thought i would i would move here um, um to work just wanted to come here to, to, to relax. Um, but I think what attracted me here to Mauritius, I mean, AOU brought me here, um, the African Leadership University. Um, but for me, AOU was just the intersection of a number of interests for me. Um, an interest in, in terms of, you know, my ultimate career goal and my ultimate, you know, vision and purpose for what I want to do. Um, and to an extent, it's, it's, it's a little bit clear. Um, before now, um, while I was in Lagos, all the time I was in marketing and you know, really just working with brands, um, I, I, I've always had this deep and passionate love for uh, my country, for the Black population, for Africa as, as, as a whole. And I've always had this 
you know, conviction at the back of my heart that with the right resources, with the right um, opportunities that um, the average African has so much tremendous potential to actually, um, you know, lead the world and to actually, you know, create tremendous value in the world. But that, um, and, and I like to say that we are, we are, we Africans are endowed. In fact, Nigerians in particular are endowed, but are not empowered, right? Um, and that, that has always lived with me because I'm all, also a, a, a living testimony for it. I, you know, I always felt like there was so much I could do, but I was struggling with basic things and you know, there were no opportunities, there were roadblocks <laughs> everywhere, you know, everywhere, roadblocks everywhere. You couldn't even be creative enough. And I thought if all of that was removed, and you know that just began a you know um, a string of thoughts and you know you know um, um, ideas about so what could be done and and for me personally I realized that um, as a macro solution that the middle class is one of the um, strongest benchmarks for a thriving economy for for things working well and that if this middle class are great. And how do you get a middle class? It's, it's a combination of both empowering young people with skills, as well as influencing government policy and leadership policy. Uh, so that is both in terms of leadership on one hand, as well as in terms of um, the right skills, knowledge, tools, and abilities to actually create wealth for themselves. And I think that if these two meet, um, that, that makes all, that's all the makings for um, a great society where people can actually thrive and not just survive. Um, and like, so this is, this, those are some of the rumblings that were in, in my head. Um, but at that time, what did I have? I only knew how to teach because I've been teaching for a while. I love teaching. Um, I knew how to um, speak because thanks to Mrs. Shodipe, um, we, we had the public speaking class. Um, um, and um, I, I also, you know, um, had the keen interest in entrepreneurship and helping entrepreneurs. So all of this came together and I say um, education, entrepreneurship, you know, and, and speaking. And uh, I, I began to volunteer in some, um, you know, quick master classes, entrepreneurship schools um, to just, you know, teach and, sh and share my skills with young people about how best to um, start their business, grow and expand and scale in a way that will be sustainable and in a way that will help them um, also hire more people and create more job opportunities. Um, because I thought this is, you know, I, I still think this is a way we can, um, you know, really empower a thriving middle class, you know. Um, and so I've been doing all of that. Um, and when the opportunity, uh, when I, when, when AOU got onto my radar, I realized that AOU's mission, which is to transform Africa, to be the catalyst for tra Af Africa's transformation um, by um, educating um, a new generation of ethical and entrepreneurial leaders. Um, it just felt like, you know, it was, this is the right fit. This is the kind of vision I should align myself to and contribute to. And these people are very close to making the kind of impact I want to, I want to see. Um, so when I got talking with them, it was just a like perfect fit um, based on my passion, my interest, my work, um, and what I really wanted to contribute. Um, and yeah, they were like, they were you know, very excited to, to, to have me over. Um, and then I asked, I actually thought they, they, they had an office in Lagos. So I was like, yeah, so um, where's your office located? I'm like, in Mauritius, I'm like, like Mauritius, Mauritius for the onboarding. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> 
Does, does any work go on in Mauritius? <laughs> I thought we go there, but they're like, no, there's a campus here. And, you know, when I arrived for the first time, I actually realized that there, there's actually more to Mauritius than um, a lot of people realize. Um, and that was how I got into Mauritius. Um, and I mean, again, it was, it was unplanned. Um, it was just pursuing what I wanted to do, the impact I wanted to make, the, 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 the things I had love for. Um, and it just led me on this road uh, down, down to Mauritius. Interesting. It, it sounded like the stars just aligned for you. And that's Absolutely. the beautiful thing. Um, yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about like this podcast where it, it's not just about job. Like a lot of career podcasts is just job, uh, interviewing, uh, resumes, things like that. Yeah, we talk about that sometimes, but we're more about like career, your personal, your your whole uh, life in terms of your career, especially when you're in a different location and how so many of these things are intertwined. So it's not just um, just the job job, or even if you're in a job job, what you can do, questions you need to start asking yourself to now be aligned with, okay, what kind of career suits where I'm heading or what do I need right now at this stage in my life where maybe what I need is more flexibility how can I be confident enough to ask for these opportunities? Um, where do I find these type of opportunities? You know, things like that. So your story really resonated with um, with what we believe in on this podcast. And also, I guess with a lot of listeners as well, just you already had a dream, you already had a goal, you already had a vision. And yeah. it just brings back, once you have a set goal or you have a vision or you know where you're heading, or you have an idea, of where you want to go, then things just begin to fall in place. Like a few weeks ago, we talked about, I did a solo episode talking about building momentum and how um, things happen. And that when you align with your goals and things you want to do, you just begin to notice things around you that you need to achieve that goal, to execute that goal. So it's a beautiful story just hearing. It's funny how, like I always saw that you, had moved and you were doing stuff, but I really, I didn't know this backstory. So thank you for sharing that with us. And um, that brings me to my next question. Um, yes, this is Africa and then the vision about raising new, a new generation of African leaders, especially like for us here in uh, North America, we see how a lot of, when you, look, when you look at their like entertainment, when you look at their content, everything like that, they embrace their own and that's why they're able to build solid structures around that if you look at yeah. like 10 20 years ago nigerian artists did not start making good money until nigerians started absorbing entertaining listening and buying nigerian content Absolutely. and you had like the likes of p-square building big houses debanj things like that so until yeah. we start to consume our own and you know build our own then that's when we would see the ripple effect like within the continent and we also here on this side we're hopeful that you know there would be some form of prototype like what AOU is doing we can look and say yes this is it and then other countries can look and say okay we need to do something like this is working here there's definitely something they're doing that we need to replicate and see the success of that um, but at the same time, I also know, even though it's Africa, there will definitely be some cultural differences. Uh, would you mention like one or two cultural differences 
um, compared to Nigeria, like in terms of work, because this is more of a career focused uh, podcast. So did you notice or how did you deal with like some of the cultural differences when you eventually moved and started working? Yes, absolutely. Um, so Mauritius is, is, is a blend of several cultures as a blend um, of Indian culture, um, French culture, as well as English culture. And you have a lot of people who are just mixed within this, this three different cultures. And it is expressed in um, the, the festivities, the holidays is expressed in their food, in their lifestyle and you know, in, in, in their general day-to-day -to -day -to -day living. Um, but as anybody who leaves Nigeria would tell you, there is a certain calmness and peace of mind that exists around the world that is absent in Lagos, you know? And <laughs> for me, that was one of the, <laughs> that was one of the, the biggest culture shocks um, that um, you could live with very little noise, you know, that quiet and that just calmness, general, like just slow down, no hurry, slow down and go gently um, was the biggest shock. And I'm sure you hear this a lot. Um, so I feel like I, I, I have to mention that first. Yeah, and that brings me to, so, um, somebody mentioned something and said a few friends, like some Nigerian friends were laughing and gisting in their apartment and, and the neighbor called the police, uh, they called the cops saying that I think these guys are having an argument and it was just gist. <laughs> so, so definitely I understand the noise <laughs> aspect of that. Yeah. So any other ones that you can pick up uh, from? Um, the, 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 the other one, and I'm speaking largely from the point of view of, of, of being a, a Nigerian, is that um, there's, a, there's, there's more open-mindedness here. And one of, one of the important things, especially as Nigerians, that you need to come to the table with is an open mind. Um, an open mind meaning um, on learning all of the biases and, the, and sometimes innate and unconscious biases that you have and just breaking all of that, that down and relearning and re-understanding. And you know, it requires you asking yourself a lot, of, a lot of questions that challenge your fundamental beliefs and understanding of things. And if you actually are objective and honest with yourself, you realize that um, you'll be far better off after that process because a lot of things we hold in it as true, we hold them without asking questions about them. And when we do that, we, we uncover a whole new reality, a whole new experience that um, things could actually be much, much better. Our relationships and our engagement with people could be more productive. Um, and in fact, our general way of life and approaching our, um, 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 loving ourselves, loving other people around us and just working with other people, you know, could be, could be much better. There's less hostility, there's more, more, more acceptance and more understanding. And you know, you just find a whole new meaning to what teamwork actually means. Um, for for me personally, it, it it's been a journey of that unlearning and relearning, um, because the 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 that that open mindedness is is such a strong fundamental underpinning of the the Mauritius way of work and professional life here. Um, another thing I also learned is that. Um, 
the, the outcome of being open-minded means that you would also understand how best and how to better engage with people. Um, a lot of the time, and this also comes back to our innate biases, we assume some things. We, we engage people based on assumptions that um, might often be offensive and untrue and you know, sometimes just completely inconsiderate. Um, and you know, it's just from you know, the, the little nuances here and there. Um, but with, with that, with this open-mindedness just comes this um, understanding and this wisdom about how to um, objectively and how to you know, just correctly engage with people and you know, um, your colleagues and your coworkers um, in a way that they feel safe, they feel you know, you know, part of the team, they feel valued. Um, and are also willing to help and engage, you know, with you in, 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 a, in a positive ma manner. Um, so do, do, that's one, one of, that's another, another thing um, um, I, I also noticed. Um, but I will also point out that the nature of Mauritius itself is very relaxed. So unlike other climbs that still has a little bit of the hustle and bustle, definitely not as intense as Lagos, but still has a little bit of that, but, um, um, Mauritius is slightly on the relaxed side um, and the culture here, the special work culture is one where frequent breaks are encouraged. There are mandatory breaks. Um, you must at least once or twice a week have lunch by the beach or watch a sunset, um, you know, and balance that with working, but there are mandatory closing hours. Um, there's hardly any traffic. Um, so all, all, all of that ensures that there is this, there's a focus into your wholesome, your wholesomeness and your whole well-being. Um, and that is very actively encouraged in, you know, most workplaces here in Mauritius. Um, everybody is always talking about wellness and, you know, wellness of mind and body um, as part of conversations that happen in, in, um, in the workplace. Um, and, you know, that was, that was a big culture shock for me um, as, as well, because, um, you know, back, back in Lagos and, and, and you know, our, our background is just work, 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 like get the job done. In fact, the more you work, the more you are valued, the more late nights you pull, the more burnouts you have, um, it would seem like the higher up you will go and the more burnouts you have. And then it just ends up with a vicious cycle of, you know, unhealthy, overworked, overstressed um, young professionals who are unable to give the best of themselves for longer and mm -hmm. just have only short bursts before they, you know, just, um, you know, completely break down. Um, yeah. And I think that that balance is, is, is one of the, um, the um, important, you know, you know, things that I learned here. Um, another thing is, um, and, and you will see this a lot, um, is just this diversity um, and, and having to learn about so many different cultures um, at the same time. And you, and also being a teacher of your own culture um, as well to other cultures. And you just find yourself in this place where you have to represent um, what you, your origins, your heritage, um, and it puts you in, in the first few times you are like, well, what, 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 what is so interesting about what I have to say or where I'm coming from? But then you, as time passes, you realize that um, you perhaps might be 
the only or one of the few sources of truths for a lot of people about where you are from. And the burden now comes on you to accurately uh, as well as objectively represent um, you know, what you stand for. And with time, you also begin to learn uh, you know, how to carefully represent your origins as well as you know, learn about other people's cultures as well. Um, and, 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 and I thought that was very interesting because that, that makes you like, you know, an, an automatic ambassador of some sort. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> that um, very you're true. in your workplace. You have yeah. to be in a way that, I mean, people would almost, you know, cast judgment on your entire culture based on how you behave and how you interact. So it's like, it's really on you to, to um, you know, prove yourself. Um, and speaking about proving yourself, one of the other things I have learned is that you almost sometimes have to work twice as hard as you did back in you know your home country. Um, in our home country, like you know me, a lot of people vouch for me. I have my recommendations. I have my history. You know the companies I've worked for. You know the circles I belong to. So like there was this ecosystem of um, recommendations or refer referrals um, that you could not export with you. And it was almost as though you had to build all of that again. So all the pride and ego you had, are like, you know, do you know where I've worked? Do you know what I have done? You have to, you know, just dust all of them off and start from, almost start from scratch and rebuild the, the, the confidence that people have in you, in your skills, in your work. Because all of that, you know, track record ends on day one at the office. Um, you, and, and that, you know, often requires you working twice as hard or, you know, twice the, what you would normally do just to establish or at least go to, get close to establishing that previous level of competence that you have been known for. Um, and, and I thought that was pretty interesting um, and also a humbling experience um, because sometimes when you speak and people ask you well, question you, well, you're like, because I know, and because it's me speaking, because uh, I know, um, but that no longer suffices anymore. You actually have to um, break down and explain and prove um, every time um, until you rebuild that 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 profile um, again. And you know, those are just some of the the the, the things yeah. that come to my mind as about the culture change. Definitely dropping some hard truths here. Uh, and I'm so happy this is coming from somebody else. Uh, you are saying it, not just me, because I talk about this a lot. And sometimes I ask uh, guests to also share, but it's always good for people to get a different perspective. And sometimes when people move like to maybe the Middle East or um, North America, somewhere else, they feel that, yes, these are the things that occur. These are some of the changes that happen. But when you're like, it's still Africa. Um, it's still a different environment. It's still new people. It's still, like you said, try to establish that sense of work that you've done before. And if yeah. you're someone that you tie a lot of, um, you take pride in, in the work that you do, now I'm taking that step back to rebuild all over again. It takes a lot of work. And uh, I'm just happy that you mentioned that. So what would you say is um, one advice you wish somebody had told you before moving abroad? Or maybe someone told you that advice, but you didn't take it seriously. And then 
afterwards you're like, oh, oh, I think I needed that advice. <laughs> so what's that one thing? Ah, uh, it would, I, I mean, I, I think I'll answer this um, personally and professionally. Okay. Um, pro professionally, it would be that, and it would be very closely tied to, to, to the last point I made. Um, may know your stuff and be ready to prove yourself as many times as is required um and proving yourself means actually knowing your stuff so there is no talking around um your competence or what you claim you can do there's no padding there's no saying you did the entire project when you only did five percent there's there's none of that what you say um has to be backed up and you know and that was, you know, one of the things I probably took for granted um, early, early on. Um, so I, I, I wish that, you know, um, uh, I wish someone had told me about that because it, it would have made settling in much easier and I wouldn't have gone through all the drama of, uh, you know, <laughs> back and forth and saying, I know because I know and I've done it before. You want me to show you <laughs> documents? <laughs> Nobody wants to see your past documents, you yeah. know. Um, everybody wants to see what you what you're doing right now and bring it to the table. Um, so that that's what I wish someone told me professionally. Um, personally, I wish someone. I wish I had explored much more variety of meals and food. Oh man, <laughs> I wish I had, and I wish I, I had built the tolerance to keep trying all because. In Nigeria alone, there's so much diversity in the meals and, and things like that, but you, you just find yourself stuck in one path. And that just makes it harder and harder for you to, um, because one of the things about relocating is um, finding good food to eat, satisfying food for yourself. Um, and I think satisfaction is just you know, perception, is just how you perceive you're satisfied. Um, and, and, I, I think I, we, my family and I struggled a bit um, trying to find food that is as close to what we're used to um, yeah. than, you know, rather than, you know, just opening up ourselves to new experiences. Um, and we later did this and we realized that after we did this, we stopped calling home to try to get people to send us food <laughs> and we were <laughs> fine. And we moved on and right now, I mean, if you check our timetables, is you know it's all sorts of you know strange-looking meals, which are amazing, by the way. Um, so I wish someone had told me that you know just open up your menu a little bit more. Open yes, open, open it up a little bit more. Um, it will come in someday. It will come in handy someday, and you 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 never know. Yeah, that that's so interesting, and that's true. Uh, once you're able to like adapt to the meals. Uh, you, you also save up on like money you spend. Uh, sometimes exactly. I go to the African store and I'm like spending like five hundred, six hundred dollars. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Definitely, definitely. And um, final words for anyone listening, like a word of advice and where we can find you, what projects you're working on that you'd like to share, and how we can find you. Um. Let me start from the, 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 the cool and exciting projects I'm working on with, with, with African Leadership University. Um, so AOU 
like I said, is on the mission to you know, create ethical and entrepreneurial mission-driven leaders. Um, and we're on a, a mission to get everyone excited about creating um, a mission for themselves, a mission that is tied towards um, you know, catalyzing positive transformation in Africa um, across all of the various sectors that Africa needs help in. Um, so I'm talking in infrastructure, urbanization, women empowerment, um, education, you know, climate change, um, and, and things like that. And we are working on um, a platform that will showcase um, people, some of the exciting projects and some of the exciting missions that already um, that are already taking place in these areas by our students and by young people. Um, some of them only teenagers, um, and they're doing doing you know great and exciting work in those areas. We have. Um, a, a, a climate change activist in, 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 in um, I think in Kenya, who um, is, you know, has a small startup that is recycling waste and converting it um, into, you know, re renewable energy. Um, and, you know, and th those are young students. We, we have people in, um, in uh, Uganda, I think, who are also, you know, creating jobs um, the, the, it's a fashion institution, but they're creating jobs for the locals right there um, and using local uh, uh, um, labor to produce a lot of the, the, their pieces and their uh, uh, clothings and, you know, for, for export within other African countries. Um, and in fact, recently, the, the, the team got funding to produce, um, I think, about 5,000 masks that were distributed to very vulnerable people within within the communities who couldn't afford to get masks but had to go to the market and and and, yeah. and do things like that. Um, and we have tons of exciting projects that are being done by our students as well as people within the external AOU community. Um, and you know we, we're we're capturing all of these stories together to showcase the power of missions. Um, and it, it's it's launching soon. We call it um, mission control. Um, and uh, it's, it's a really cool name. Um, and yeah. we hope that that would be the destination for you to find out everything about missions, get inspired to pursue a mission of yours or connect and partner with people who are already pursuing missions that you are um, interested in. Um, so it's an exciting project. I, I'll share the details with you as, as soon as we go live. Of course. Cool. Um, and then my final words, uh, I, I always like to, to say this, that um, um, Africans are endowed, um, but oftentimes not empowered. It's a, it's a phrase that lives with me. And as, as people listening to this episode and you know, following this podcast, that um, all you need is just one opportunity um, that you know, changes the trajectory of your career. Um, but that opportunity would be meaningless if you were not ready for it. Um, so in, in order to get into the state where you become empowered, then you must actually prove that you're endowed. And endowment is not just a state you arrive. It's an ongoing commitment to continuously improving your skills, um, endowment means you are continuously leveraging and doing what you can with what you have. Um, and you are never at a point where you feel that this is it and there is nothing else I can do. 
um, because there was always something else you can do. And that, that really is my story, um, that what you have with where you are, um, there's always something you can do. And it is in continuously doing that, you become super prepared um, for opportunity when it comes knocking, because it will come knocking um, and you don't want to miss it. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I am so, so happy. Like, ah, when I, when I scroll to your timeline now and I'm like, that's my boy, that's Fulu. <laughs> I'm so happy to personally know you, be connected to you, um, to have you on the show, to share your story, just open up and encourage others. And it's just great to connect with you again uh, after so many years. And definitely after this one, we'll definitely stay in touch <laughs> and catch sure. up. I'm, I'm in touch with you through all of your platforms. So, it's, <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> so Polu, where can we find you? Um, if anybody from the audience is trying to reach out to you or connect, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at foluadeyeye. Um, and you can also send me an email at um, foluadeyeye at gmail.com. So just follow everywhere. All right. Thank you, Folu. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Remember, guys, communication is a superpower to remain visible at work. I will see you next week. Thank you. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes on the Visible at Work podcasts, I need a favor from you. Just do it right now. Don't procrastinate. Visit us on uh, visibleatwork.com forward slash podcast or check out itunes and leave a review um just leave a, a truthful review of whichever episode you really enjoyed what you learned from the episode um or what you want us to do more of we really want to make it more interactive in the new year would enjoy um reading your review and i'm looking forward to reading those reviews so please um, just do that. Do it now. Do it now. Thank you. In the midst of all of this, if you can't be the light, then chase the light. Remember, communication is a superpower to remain visible at work. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.